Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Welcome back to Cannonball Golf Pod, ep 23. Yeah, a little miscalculation last time. I actually had to edit it out. <laughs> I was really... <laughs> there was no episode number last week because I totally messed up and thought we were on 23 and I was... I was reaching really hard for a Michael Jordan, Jordan connection. Yeah, um, it was actually twenty-two. Dang, uh, it's twenty-three this week though. All right, and 20, we're ba- twenty-three and me as we go back to our Scottish roots. <laughs> <laughs> and we are this week uh, a little quieter. We are in Charlie's living room. Yep, next to the piano again. Always, but the windows are open and it's nice out. It is. It's How, beautiful in Chicago today. The uh, the shooter. A little brief. Let's brief recap. Br- brief recap before it is Car Nasty Week, it and is. we'll primarily talk about that. But nobody, uh, yeah, Golf Channel is not covering the shooter this week. Uh, they're mostly worried about that Open Championship. So we figured we should give a little love to the biggest tournament that happened in Chicago <laughs> uh, in the whole month of July. Really, yes, the second annual shooter. Shooter. Yeah. So. Uh, it was a hard-fought match all the way to the very last putt, actually. You guys got off to a huge... So team, team Trevino got off to a hot front nine start. Charlie's team, yes. My team. Jeff was uh, the captain of Team Chubbs, if you will. Uh, Jeff and I, I think I said on Instagram, for those who don't follow Instagram, I'll tell you now, I think Jeff and I halved our front nine singles match. Correct. I think with like 34s, we both Correct. shot one under. Correct. So we played, both played pretty fairly well. Uh, for the most part, Team Trevino waxed the other guys on your it was, team. It was three and a half to a half. Three and a half to a half after nine holes. So as a, as a uh, collective unit, we all decided that the back nine matches would be worth double. Double. Press. Right. There was only two of them. <laughs> two matches in total right. so it was basically playing for four points another four side. points available yeah so otherwise the match was over exactly yeah <laughs> otherwise it's over right there if we just do one point so uh yeah we jeff but your team would have had to win both of them correct no any draw would have been a win for team Trevino. correct so we jeff basically I, fast forward to 18t yeah, fast forward to 18t jeff we were tied and the we were we were tied and the group and so we're the second group. Yep, second group. And we started. We we're noticing that the group in front of us was grinding really. And like Charlie said last last week, it or last up that it was it's a drivable par four four but three and a 250 half. Yeah, yards. it's like two hundred fifty yards. So you're hitting like three woods, but they are grinding. Yeah. So and you just get that sense like something's up here. Yeah, and we can tell by the reactions. We're like. Think, uh, think, Team, team Chubbs definitely got it. Got it. Yeah, team, they they gave a little, uh, you know, not not too cocky, but they gave a high five, and I saw the guys on Team Trevino looking a little down after yep. not picking a ball out of the hole. So we were pretty sure Team Chubbs won, but there, yeah, the match went to eighteen, all the way down to the last putt. Team Chubbs definitely won that first one. We were all square. We we're all square. All so square. So we needed a win. So you Chubbs guys had to win. win the 18th hole. Correct. To win the match, that would have been four and a half to three and a half. Correct. 
All time comeback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ends up. Uh, how did it go down? You, you, and that's two man scrambles. Right. Um, you guys were like short right of the green by like thirty yards, maybe yeah, twenty yeah, yards. Twenty yards. Yeah. My with my, a perfect angle. I was gonna say my buddy, uh, my my teammate hit a pretty. He placed like a fifty yard slice, but put one out there like right in the middle of the fairway, fifty yards short, and I kind of just. I think you went for it in between I, then. I went. I and pulled it. Correct. Over like in the left trees, trees, left of the bunker, left of the left greenside bunker. Correct. So at that point, I was just like, "All right, I'm button this." Yeah. And I just choked down a three wood and like bunted it uh-huh. two thirty right in front of the green. Right. So we had the advantage there. Uh, you got, I think, onto the green. Yeah, you, I had you made it on. Like you kind of flopped it over had a had a difficult yeah i the miss was definitely right there and yeah. i definitely missed left and had an, <laughs> a really hard shot really, yeah it tough. was like a th- like the trees knocked it straight down so i had to hit like a punch rising 30 yard you know 58 degree wedge with spin right. because the the pin was like on your side uh, short-sided yeah definitely short-sided and just getting on the green was good like i just want to you look. landed pretty close to being dead perfect yeah. i think it landed a little, in the rough a little and if farther it landed, right than i wanted yeah if it landed in the fringe it would have came off the ridge a little better mm. yeah it ended up i think you guys had about a 15 footer for birdie yeah. it was kind of a slider it was a hard putt it was a really tough putt yeah, yeah i'd say like kind of we were on footer with two or three feet of break correct and, and over the ridge and down yeah and we yeah. i i think i I hit an okay pitch, not a great one. But you guys were inside of us. Yeah, oh yeah, inside. Probably we had like, you know, maybe 10 feet up, pretty straight up the hill. Yep. Uh, You guys missed yours. Yep. So we just had to two Two putt. But neither, we both kind of like got a little cautious with the two putt. Left our, I don't, I think our best one we took was, it was like a three footer. It was a solid two two and and a half, half, three footer. Need you know, to, not, not need a to tap see it. In. Need yeah. to see it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I it got up, it got intense. <laughs> yeah, I ended up with every, and everyone knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew what the putt was for, and I remember just kind of being like, "Don't even breathe. Just like <laughs> take take one last breath. Like you have made one million three foot putts in your life. Don't even think about it." And I just stepped up and just rammed it in the back. Yeah. So. Tiger, well, Tiger's 332 for 332 I this year. That, or something. Yeah, I saw that. But yep. uh, it was funny. Yeah, it was it was a very it was a fun, loud day. Yeah. Obviously, and it got really quiet on. Yeah, 18. I was gonna say the the crazy <laughs> thing it, with all that kind of shenanigans, it ended up both groups had putts for the wins on the 18th green, which is pretty mm. wild. It was so. pretty fun, but yep that that was. It was fun. Torinos got the ju- got the shooter still. The shooter, I got it actually hanging above my <laughs> door frame here, so Jeff could see it while we were, while we we're recording. <laughs> really, it's really uh, it's up there, it, rubbing it in, <laughs> just letting him there. know that the shooter remains in my possession for another year, it, it or is, six uh, months, or whatever. It is, it is high. We're we're here, and the shooter is high <laughs> on the wall over yeah, there. It's my wife's most prized possession for sure. Well, it kind of it kind of looks like the claret jug. It does. It's got a little uh, it's got a little uh, spout that the claret jug has. So that's what I was going for. The slow mo video was perfect. Of that you was, drinking out of it. That was one of my greatest accomplishments <laughs> of my pretty, life. Not a, not I can't believe how much spilled. it got into my mouth. Yeah, almost all of it went in. So, 
Well, we talked a lot about the history of Jackson Park uh, last week. Um, but it's Carnasty week. Right. It's Carnoustie week. Nothing more historic in golf than the Open Championship and, you know, Lynx Golf in Scotland in general. Yeah, we figured out. You said uh, Jackson Park was built in 1896, 7, 8, something like that. 1898, I think. Yep. So, like, five years after the World's Fair, I think is what we said. Um, But Carnoustie was. The championship course was built in... Established in 1842. But I think they've been playing on that ground since like the 15 or 1600s. Yeah, is yeah what absolutely. I read. You know, nine holes, ten holes, right. 12 I holes. I think it started off as ten. Whatever, yeah. And then... So, yeah, it's been in the uh, championship rotation since the uh 1931 championship mm-hmm. was the first time they played it there which at that point the open had been played for 70 years I think. before they got there that's crazy well, no, uh, so it's a this one's the 147th or 146th so that was 80 years ago by 1931 ish. it was yeah. probably yeah it would have been like the 50th year mm-hmm. of it or something mm-hmm. But and who won that one? Armor? Tommy Armor Tommy won Armor? that one. Which, Tommy Armor 845? Yeah, Tommy Armor 845 <laughs> Classic Irons. But the interesting thing about Tommy Armor winning that one was he he was a, uh, I think it, according to like the list of open champions on Wikipedia, he's got an American flag next to his name, which kind of seems odd. Wrong. Yeah, because he's definitely, I think he was known, like his nickname was the Silver Scott. Right. And he was definitely born in Scotland. Hence, hence the irons, the 845 Silver Scots. Exactly. So Tommy Armour was the last Scottish-born player to win the Open Championship until... 1999. Well, no, so, okay, this is where that... I think the website was wrong, too, because Scott Sandy Lyle won it in 1985. Right, right. Okay, so... So the Open website's wrong. Their app, I think I read it on their app. The, I think the app is right, and okay. it said that uh, Paul Ory... Won it on Scottish soil. Soil. Okay. And he was the first one since Armour in 1931. Yeah, at Carnoustie. Sandy Lyle did win at Royal St. George's, which is in England. Correct. Okay, so Tommy Armour, you know, obviously in the first, uh, you know, 50 years, about like 40 of the winners were from Scotland. Correct. But then there was a long period of American dominance with Walter Hagen, British dominance with... um, What's his name? Henry Cotton won mm-hmm. three or four mm-hmm. in that stretch. And uh, Bobby Jones was obviously in there. But then when Armour won it, no other Scottish player won it until 1985. And then no Scottish player won on Scottish soil, soil. until Paul Lowry in 1999. What else happened in 1999? Yeah, it's, it's, at, it's at obviously Carnese. been well documented on Golf Channel for <laughs> right. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 1999, Jean Vandeveld, infamous. Infamous. Lost In- his mind. <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, he uh, needed a double bogey and made triple made and then triple. lost in a fucking playoff. Well, you know, people. <laughs> 
<laughs> like what? So I rewatched. I, re- yeah. I read, you know, multiple articles. I, I I didn't get a chance to see that golf channel thing. I tried to find it on on demand. Couldn't. It was but, it was okay. Yeah, I like, watched watching just the shots is enough, and then they had yeah. some cheesy production behind sure. it. Sure, I watched like a you know eighteen minute YouTube clip yep. of That's the BBC coverage, of it, and it's crazy. I mean. He, they, they're standing. The, the commentators are saying as he's pulling it out of the bag, like, "Oh, he won't hit driver here, will he?" He's he hitting driver, and he hits driver, and he hit it so far right. He was on seventeen, 17. fairway. Yeah, that's the crazy. Well, actually, in the article I read, I, you know, he may have said this in the uh, show you watched too. Mike Tirico always says it's the most unlucky thing he's ever seen happen in sports. Is his second shot was actually. It was right. I mean, he blocked it toward the grandstands, but it was not as bad as what happened. It hit the railing this, yeah. of the grandstands, yeah. like the metal pipe railing yeah. over the berm. They showed a picture. Like, you can see the dimples. Yeah. It was like, it was part of the stands. And you yeah. can see it hit the spot like so. It could have went anywhere. And it came straight backwards. 30 and yards then backwards. Hit the rocks, hit yeah. on the green side of the burn, and That's bounced right. over the burn there to the go. other side. Yeah. So like it hits, the most bonkers thing I've ever seen. Hits the railing of the grandstands, hits the burn ridge or the burn barrier, right. then over into the heather, which that week the heather was crazy. Right. I mean, people were describing it like the greenskeeper went rogue and just wanted to punish yeah. the players that yeah, week. He, kind of went against the rna's wishes right against the yeah which they said in the special because like they interviewed the head greenskeeper and he said like unlike the usga where they come in and they dictate what happens the rna basically let the head greenskeeper like do whatever they they had final say like they exactly what he said like they (laughs) they had cart they had carte blanche (laughs) yeah and he just wanted to make it hard as shit. Hard as shit. I mean, what was the what were they at? I think it was seven over or something. Five over. Five over. Yeah. Five so over. he was he was two over, two standing over. on eighteen t. Yep. Had to make a double and mm-hmm. made a seven. And he actually he started with a five shot lead to um, start the day. To start the day. Okay. At the turn, he was down one. All right. And then fought his way all the way back, and like <laughs> everyone was dying, and he just kept making pars and yeah like all of a sudden had a three shot lead yeah. it was it was it was painful to rewatch. yeah like it really is hard to watch i mean you, you see his wife over on the side just like almost she's like la- laughing. laughing as not to cry you right. know i mean it was like they all said like he's lost his mind mm-hmm. you know the way he's climbing down into the burn acting like he's gonna hit it when the ball's six inches below the right. water surface i right. mean he, he that I remember. They said that was like you know the French and I'm the showman. Yeah, exactly. they kept saying it's better. What's the French term? It's better to be like a failure than a success. And I forget the exact. Yeah, there's yeah. a French term for a it. Oh yeah, like a, a flare out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I yeah, think but, of it. but they were saying. I mean, if he takes a swing at that in the burn, he could end up. You know, in there's just no point. Twentieth, you know, like fiftieth oh place, like gosh. dead last. I mean, you could have made a fifteen on that hole. It was just. <sighs> So. And now even like, and we'll we'll get to our guest in a little bit, uh, who has played over there. But he has a yardage book, and I took pictures of all the holes. Like looking at that hole, they were saying it was into the wind. It was downwind all week, and it was into the wind. He's like, so I'm hitting driver, and they curse him for hitting driver. But 
he was like, it's 190 yards to clear the burn off the tee. The so first one, right? yeah, he's like, yeah. I can't really hit. I, like driver's kind of the play, and I've been hitting driver well all week. Like, and even if he does hit it in the burn, who cares? Yeah. Like you're dropping and you're hitting three. Patrick like Harrington. Like who yeah. cares? It doesn't. You have a you have a three shot lead. Right. Like I know they curse them for that, but who cares if he hits his tee shot in the burn? Yeah. He can still lay up. And beyond the green and four and two putt and win. It was the perfect perfect storm of bad breaks and bad decision making that led to him. The second shot, like they're like the first shot, fine. The yeah. second shot, they're like there's zero point in going, in going for the green. For it. No, because there's OB, there's OB left. Like it's tight just down hit there. Yeah. hit a wedge, hit a wedge down the fairway, the fairway wedge, wedge it on, on or around the green putt. and yeah. three putt and you win. Yeah. So he had to make like an eight footer to even get into the playoff. It was. I mean, it was brutal. So, ends up getting in a playoff with Paul Lowry and Justin Leonard, who I I remember in that same YouTube clip made a putt on 18 and kind of walked off disgusted. Just like, no chance. I'm I'm done. I should have, you know. I think Lowry bogeyed 18. I think they both, yeah. I think they both bogeyed Leonard had had bogeyed something, either 17 or 18. So, they both walked off kind of shaking their heads and couldn't believe it. So, and that's the thing. Like, it's always going to be remembered for Vanveld, obviously. But <laughs> I'm guessing they played like one, two, seventeen, eighteen in yeah. the playoff or whatever. When it's four. Yeah, it would have been. It's, four it was a four-hole aggregate. Right. Lowry, um, birdied seventeen and eighteen. Oh, he did. Yeah. Well, so in the playoff. Yeah. Which is bonkers. Yeah, he won it. Those holes are so hard. Right. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen at Cardinusti's. Arguably, like the hardest yeah, four I mean, holes in golf. Right, sixteen is what it's a. Sixteen is a two fifty par three. Two fifty par three, yep. and it's usually into the prevailing wind. Yep. Um, yeah. So Lowry went. Yeah, he won by three. wasn't even close. <laughs> five four three three. That's insane. And Leonard and Vandeveld went five four four five six four three five. Jesus. Yeah, wasn't even close. Yeah. He went, I mean, he was basically. So standing on 18T, he was one over, and uh, yeah, they. Oh, and they, yeah, and then he birdied, birdied 18. Right. Yeah, and they they both bogeyed it. Right. So, bonkers. A well-deserved champion, Scott. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one he, more you, one more British Open happened there since then. 07, Mister. Podrick Harrington got the first of his kind of He went back to back, run. right? Yeah, he took 07 and then 08 at Birkdale. Really? And then also the 08 PGA. He had a kind of, I mean... Caught a little heater there. Yeah, I was going to... Of, uh, what would that be? Six majors. He won three of them. So, That's a nice little stretch there. Yeah, he. but what's funny is, you know, Vandeveld's remembered... Harrington was standing on 18T with a one-shot lead, and he made double bogey, hit it in the burn twice. Mm-hmm. Hit his drive-in and his second shot mm-hmm. in. The difference is he dropped he it in the fairway and got up and down. Mm-hmm. So he made just a double there. Sergio actually had a putt in regulation on 18 to win it and lipped it out. And then Padraig, I think, uh, I think he won by one in the playoff. Right. It was a pretty close playoff. Sergio had another putt on 18. That's crazy. Sergio was in a major playoff before, like that long ago before. 07. Like he had his chance there. He definitely did. I mean, he was the 54 hole leader. So there were some interesting storylines to that one. He had a, I think he shot, Steve Stricker shot a 63 
which was or 64, which was the course record until uh, Tommy Fleetwood just shot 63 this year right. at the Dunhill. Yep. Uh, Sergio was the 54 hole leader. John Daly had an early lead on the first day. He's he playing five he's, under he's or playing something this year again. Is he? Yeah, that's awesome. I saw him on the and uh, the other interesting one, Rory was the amateur silver medal winner, 18 oh. years old. He has 68 one Gosh. day, but he was he was the uh, I don't know when the 68 occurred, but he was the low amateur. Wow. Yeah. So that's it was crazy. kind of a story packed uh, 2007 Open. Uh, who's the other guy? Our, our Andre Romero made yeah. a really good run yep. on Sunday. Yep. He shot, I think he made 10 birdies on Sunday, yep. but had uh, had some bad bogeys or doubles down the stretch and That's ended crazy. up not even getting into the playoff. That's crazy. Yep. So 07 was a playoff, 99 was a playoff, and I believe I read the year or the edition at Carnoustie before that went to a playoff. Yeah, Tom Watson won the playoff in the 75 against an Australian guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. So 1975. Jack Newton. And at that point, it was a 18-hole uh, playoff. Right. So they were, they played off the next or, yeah, the next day, and Tom Watson won by one. So Carnoustie always has a way of having close finishes. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see something similar this year. And then before 75 was... Gary Player. Gary Player in yeah. 67, 5, 3, uh, 4, 6, <laughs> 8. 8. Yep. So Gary Player, 68. Tom Watson, 75. Ben Hogan, 1953. That was that was probably this my is crazy. Carnoustie of all. When I read this, I I read it today, and I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Yeah. So 1953, Ben Hogan is what, maybe like a year or 18 months removed from a automobile accident mm-hmm. where a, I think a Greyhound bus driver like fell asleep at the mm-hmm. wheel. I don't I don't remember it being like his fault. I think he got hit by a Greyhound bus. Yes. And, you know, was told he'd never walk again, blah, blah, blah. And ends up winning the Masters and the U.S. Open in 1953. Goes over to Carnoustie to play in the British Open. He thought, fuck it. I'll give this a shot. Wins that. So And he, it was the only Open Championship that he went The only time at, he ever played. The yeah. only time he went over there. Yeah, goes over there once. Won. Goes to Carnoustie. Goes to the hardest damn course on the, on the road to... And wins, crushed it. Yeah, I mean, there's the uh, the famous sixth hole now is named Hogan's Alley. Yep. So the sixth hole, you'll see it this year. It's I think it's a par five or a really long, long, long par long four. par four, very long par four with two big pot bunkers kind of splitting the center line of Correct. a fairway. The fairway goes on both sides of it. Correct. But on the left side is an out of bounds uh, you know, fence. So in between the pot bunkers and the out of bounds fence, there's this little stretch of fairway, maybe 15 yards wide. Right. Hogan pipes it down that stretch every single day because he thought that was the best angle right. in this hole. Because if you go right of those bunkers, it kind of like feeds off into other bunkers. So right. it's actually, it's kind of, it's, I mean, you're not going to go OB, but you risk going in those bunkers. and Also a worse angle at the green. Right. You know, Hogan just being the, 
master tactician ball striker that he was, he's like, no, of course, I'm going to hit it over there. <laughs> so he just ropes it into this little, I mean, we'll, we'll post a little picture. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it up there. I mean, there. It, it looks like it, if, it, if I got up there and I'm going to go in between the OB and the bunkers, I would have to take a swig, even though I don't like whiskey right. that you just took a, a swig of. I would <laughs> I would have to drink a lot of whiskey slash scotch to hit that shot. Yeah, it's like there's no like I'm going right every single time. So it is a par five, actually. It is the open plays it as a four. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. You're, yeah. You're probably right. So they do. Um, it opens with like six or seven. Uh, it, yeah, what do they play it to? Par 71 or 70? I think it's par 70. And it's like, and there's only three par threes, okay. which is interesting. So that's a lot. Like, yeah. they don't hit a, lot a of long par four. They don't it's hit playing like 7,200 yards. 74. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Hogan wins in 1953. It was kind of fun when I remember seeing in some of this stuff. They threw him a parade when he came back. Like, he was had just won the war. It was insane. They shut down <laughs> New York City streets. He was riding around in like a presidential motorcade right. with people throwing confetti out from, you know, 50th story windows. It was insane when he came back. He was the conquering hero. Um, He... Did he? So he had a chance to win the actual Grand Slam. Okay, so I I was curious about this too. What's not really, and the reason was at the time, the the idea of the professional Grand Slam as it exists today was not really in play at the time in the nineteen early nineteen fifties. The PGA was still a match play championship. Right. So Hogan had won the PGA championship already a couple times at that point, like 1945, 1948, I think. And after his car accident, he just decided I'm done with the PGA because he couldn't put up with 36 holes in one day. Right. So also, he yeah he had already won it he's kind of said i'm done with it i can't do 36 holes in one day because my legs just won't handle it but at the same time the qualifier or the 36 hole stroke play that led into the pga i think was the same week as the british open so it really didn't kind of overlap and create the grand slam that exists as we know it today okay the grand slam really is kind of a Jack Nicholas and later invention. I, I think, you know, Gary play Hogan eventually had the grand slam, but I don't think they viewed it in the same way as a uh, season long kind of major championship okay. series as they do now. Gotcha. Yeah. And I also digress. I, Cause he didn't even play. He didn't even play in the PG. I kind of thought the same thing. He won all three in a row. And then, you know, the PGA was basically, I think the week he got back from okay. the British Open when he was just cruising around New York in his Jesus. limo parade. And I digress. Six is a par five. That's 580 yards. Okay. I was looking at the other scorecard where it said like 530. Okay. Like I think it's so, yeah, six is a par five. It opens with five par fours in right. a row. And then, eight. and then six is a par. 14 is the other par five. Right. So it's. I think par 71. Gotcha. Yeah, I see three par threes and two par, two par fives. fives. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Hogan got his score got better, I think, every day, too. It was <laughs> something crazy. Like, 70, he's just so methodical. He's like, yep, know the course. 72 first day, 71 second day, 70 and 68. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Thank you. He, Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll take my trophy. I'm going home. <laughs> wow, that's I mean, that's. 
That's got to be the most bonkers accomplishment of all time in golf. Yeah, like you, everyone always says, you have to. If you've never played Lynx golf before, you need to adjust to it. And it's a different wonder, style. Yeah. He play, He went over there once. I mean, you, you know, you know, he could do anything. You wonder if he had ever even played Lynx golf. I mean, he played. He grew up in Texas, so it's a little. There's similarities into right. his wind. I'm sure and agronomy back then. I'm sure he played firm and fast stuff. Yeah, yeah he won by four. 73, 71, 70, 68. Shut up. Yeah, not even, not even close. <laughs> you know how much money he won? He won 515 pounds. No way. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I think I remember seeing that uh, the PGA... The PGA Championship in 1953 was considerably more, but I think he was just being stubborn. Ben Hogan, he's like, I haven't won that one yet, so I'll go play it. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's absolutely not. Yeah, like I have to get. I mean, probably all sorts of pressures. Like, yeah, you know, I have to give the Grand Slam a shot at least one try. <laughs> and this yeah. is before like Arnold Palmer days. Yeah, like, no, I mean he's he's predating all of those guys. Again, I think the Grand Slam and the the year-long major series was totally different than what it is now and what it was when Arnold and Jack and Gary Player came along. Unbelievable. Yep. Hogan did it, though. That was, uh, and that concludes our, I think there was another. Our our history lesson? I was going to say, there was another guy. We don't want to, hold on, we don't want to forget about this guy. What's the other guy who won it in Carnegie? Henry Cotton. Oh, he's a legend, too. I think he's won two or three British Opens. Yeah. So you got Tommy Armour, Henry Cotton, who has won... Let's he see. won. A, he won quite a three, three, right. three open championships. Then you got Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Tom Watson, Paul Lowry in the uh, infamous Sean Van Develle debacle, and Padraig Harrington. So, pretty historic list of winners. That's crazy. And hopefully, we get one more this year and maybe a playoff. <laughs> playoffs. Four playoffs in a row would be that'd be nuts. pretty wild. Yep. Absolutely nuts. Well, we can talk about it all day. But we've never played over there. No, unfortunately. But as we said before, we do have somebody who has played over there and can talk a little a little more in detail about it. So enjoy this interview uh, uh, coming up right now. No. <laughs> Join us now from Detroit, Michigan, that I actually just got back from, but... There were some extracurriculars that didn't allow us to record while we were up there, but he's now on the phone with us, former college teammate Keith Nelson. Welcome to the show, Welcome to the show Keith. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. How you doing? The reason, Keith, the reason Keith is on the show is because Charlie and I have never gone east of the pond. Not yet. To play what they call Lynx Golf. There's some Lynx courses here in America, but just in style only, not playability. But Keith, uh, we are just talking in pre-production that I thought it was like five years ago, but it wasn't five years ago that you played across the pond. Uh, no, much, much longer ago, 15, uh, 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Luckily, those, yeah. those, those courses don't change much. No, They've been around yeah. a while. That's very true. That's the design good was more or less the same. So what courses, uh, who'd you go over there with? Uh, my dad and my brother. So it was after our sophomore year, my sophomore year of college. Uh, let's see, it was my dad's 50, 50th birthday. 
big big yeah, bash his, over there. For his 50th birthday, he took me and my brother over to Scotland. So that was real nice, uh, <laughs> nice gift to himself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and gift and gift the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, yeah, right. What cor- what courses did you play over there? Uh, we played, so we stayed at, uh, I think it's some sort of scam they run there, but you, it, they say that it's really hard to get a tee time on the old course, and if you stay at this hotel, which I'm sure was, you know, probably 400 bucks a night or something, you they guarantee you a time. Uh, but I played the old course twice, played the new course there, there's a Nick Faldo course, like, across the street, uh, King's Barn, which is... 20 minutes away or so if my memory's right and right. then we went yep. up to Carnoustie and uh, played Carnoustie one day took the train up there Carnasty you played uh, you played Carnasty huh most certainly did and I, I gotta tell you that bit is uh, a very challenging course slightly difficult yeah uh, I mean St. Andrews was incredible to play you know with all the history and you know you've seen every picture of every great player walking across the bridge and off that first tee and um so that's got great memories, but Carnoustie was just hard. I mean, it was a really, really cool course, but it was just hard. Uh, hidden bunkers, a lot of blind shots, you know, just like anything over there. If the wind's blowing, it's it's tough. How um, many balls did you lose into the uh, burn? Good Lord. Um, <laughs> I made the mistake of, against the caddy's advice to uh the first one was right on the edge and i'm used to hitting a little right and left off the tee we'll say and i, I like getting in there and finding it. i feel like i can make par from anywhere <laughs> and i uh, took a step in one and i i don't think I, I i'm surprised they ever got out of it how thick that stuff is so after you get in that first one you realize that ball's gone even if it's near the edge so yeah definitely went through plenty of dozen and had to re-up <laughs> wow so yeah, yeah like as you as we read it like it's um, it's notorious for having extremely thick heather, which is not the case this year, but in years past, it's just hacking out of there, and you experience mm-hmm. that. Uh, oh, yeah. What do you fire out there? Do you remember? Uh, not exact numbers, but I do remember the first, uh, I think Carnoustie, I think it was like 83, and I was awfully happy with that. I think it was somewhere right in there. I was 9 or 10 or somewhere somewhere like that. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, well, I buried the last hole. I was channel, channel, uh, channeling Vandeveld and uh, <laughs> knew, I, knew I wanted to post a number here, and 82 is going to be as good as it was, or 83, whatever it was. But, I mean, six, you know, I think I was trying to break 80 real hard, and then 16 is like a 240 par 3. That, yeah. that one ate me up. I might have made a 5 there and uh, salvaged a little something on the last. But, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was somewhere right around 82, 83, I'd say. Vandeveld, Vandeveld makes 7. Keith Nelson makes 3. Yeah, take that, <laughs> John. I think that makes me better than him, right? Yeah. Obviously, I mean, pretty much. You both have zero majors, so uh, I can't, I'm yeah. I'm sure I got a picture. I took, you know, took the shoes off and socks off and jumped down in there, and I think I took a picture down there. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. He's lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would have played it too. Shit. Yeah. Do you remember how oh, you? Yeah. Do you remember how you played the hole? Oh yeah. Uh, Got it. I think we got it downwind. Uh, left Heather and just for some reason got a decent lie. Hit like a seven iron, to like twenty feet. Drano. Uh, yeah, Drano. Center got cut. To with Always. The crowd around. You raise the putter, fist pump. What? What was the celebration? You know what I do? Just a nice slow walk in. Yep. I was about six feet out. I start walking with my head down. Yep. Go yep. get it. Yep. <laughs> That's good. Go get that. <laughs> Pick it up. 
What was your favorite part of playing Lynx golf? I assume, is that your only time you've been over there? Yeah, only time I've ever been over there. Um, I really liked, I really, really liked it because uh, just seeing it really changes your perspective of American golf. They say you play everything in the air. You know, you just, okay, you got 160. This is the club I hit, and I just this, I just swing it. I hit it however high I hit it. That's the shot. And you really can get creative out there. A lot of different trajectories. I mean, I think the first time, I, first round we played out there, I think I shot like at 90. And then you realize, okay, get the ball on the ground and let it roll a little bit rather than just trying to blast it into the wind or crosswind or whatever. Yeah. And I really thought that was fun after saying, okay, I can see it. I got to land it 40 yards away from the pin and, you know, figure out if it'll roll down there or not. Um, so it's, it's really like creative golf. Not that I'm good enough to hit those shots, but you at least get fun, to think about them. I'll try <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's got to be hard to judge. Like, we're not used oh. to that over here. Like, really, yeah. I have to land this forty yards short and let it roll. Yeah. Like, you're I, actually I, you're you're reading you're reading like a hundred and fifty yard shot. Like, you're reading a forty foot putt. Yeah, yeah, and and even your irons, like you know, uh, par fives or something. You're like, I can land this thirty yards short if I keep it lower, and it'll roll right up there. And if you land it on the green, it's you know thirty yards over. Um, so you play iron shots, chip shots, pitches. Even putts, uh, you're taking wind into consideration significantly. Like it, this is just—it's really different, um, but it's—it's it's really fun. What time of year did you go over there? Uh, it was summer, so I think it, I think it was like June. Okay. And we had yeah, we had pretty good weather. Like it wasn't hot, but it was uh, it was fine. We didn't play in any like nasty rain. I think oh. the two days I played St. Andrews, uh, one day it was really windy. The other day it wasn't windy. When I played Carnoustie, it was probably 65 with a bit of wind, uh, but okay. no rain or anything like that. Yeah, we got lucky. Were you hoping it would rain on you? Uh, for a slight drizzle, I think I'd say. I wouldn't mind a few holes <laughs> yeah. like that, you know. Put that rain gear to good use. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. That's the only time, you know, at this point in our career, you even buy rain gear anymore. Right. <laughs> if you're oh, going to Scotland. Not- now, yeah, now if there's a chance, it's like, nah, I ain't playing. Yeah, yeah no. right. <laughs> Not playing. Like, what's, what's the point of owning rain gear? Yeah, or right. Hop under the cart or under a tree or run to the clubhouse until it blows over. Not slugging through it anymore. So yeah. do you remember, uh, you know, we talked. you talked a little bit about how you just kind of have to create different types of shots. Is there one shot you remember from all the rounds in Lynx Golf that stands out like, man, this is like I'm playing golf on Mars. I would never even think to hit this shot. Yeah. Um, so the second time I played St. Andrews, the road hole, 17, and uh, really two shots um, on the same hole. Uh, as Jeff knows, and Charlie, I haven't played much with you recently, but if you remember, I play a little bit of a right to left off the tee. Just a, a little bit of a... Just a tad. A slight draw or duck hook, they might call it. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to aim... So you have to aim basically at the hotel roof. Right. And uh, and the wind was blowing right to left on that hole. So, I mean, I aimed 100 yards right of where. <laughs> so say you played up. it through somebody's window and out the hotel on the other side? <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't have a cut shot in my bag. I still don't to this day, and I just had to ride that wind. <laughs> uh, somehow I ended up 30 yards left of the fairway even there. Um, and then uh, I, I hit... I think I don't remember what I had left. I had something like 160 yards. And I hit um, a three iron into the wind. And I was like, that is absolutely crazy 
to have to hit a three iron from 160, but you just hit it, get it like 20 feet off the ground, and it just bores through that, and just riding up that, uh, going right around the, the road hole bunker, that pop bunker, just barely missed that. And that, that hole was really special. I'd say that's the biggest memory I have is, is just the type of shapes and uh, height that you got to play on uh, on those shots. You you walk that putt in too for a three? Absolutely not. No, that was a miss. That was a miss for sure. Solid <laughs> side par, standard. Yeah, yeah. I could. I actually should have lied there. No one would have caught me. <laughs> <laughs> too long ago. Yeah. Did you did you drop one in the mm-hmm. road hole bunker and hit one off yeah. the road too? Yes, absolutely. Definitely hit one off the uh, the little bridge behind it and then uh, dropped one in the bunker knocked it on the green but I dropped it literally in the only spot where like I could swing and still get the ball up so I acted like I was real cool like, oh, I got like that hard but if it was two inches forward or two inches back I didn't have a back swinger I couldn't get it up in, yeah. in time I mean it right it, that's a penal bunker I feel like that's that's part penal. of uh, that's part of the gotta be half the fun of playing out there is you know yeah. throwing one in the you know hell bunker all those yeah. different kind of spots you put yourself in where you've seen guys over the years yeah <laughs> carnusi has got what like 113 bunkers or lot. something yeah and yeah. keith can you even like of those 113 how can how many can you actually see they're all like below the ground right it's crazy yeah. yeah yeah it's not like they're it's not like uh tripped out where like they're in the middle of the fairway you don't see it you can sort of see the ones that are right on the edge of the fairway or in the fairway you could sort of see the ground near it, uh, sort of funneling that way. But I don't know how you play that course without a caddy. I mean, there's, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to aim at this spot right here. It looks right down the middle. I'm looking at the scorebook or the yardage book, and it's saying, yeah, hit it here. But if, if you're off by five yards and you don't even realize there's a bunker there, you're, you're going to, you know, you're in trouble to make double on just about every hole. There's, and they're just so, you know, you got to wedge out of every one. It's not like you're, you can hey, I can hit a nine iron 130 yards out. It's like now nah, you're just basically trying to get the ball out over the bunker. You're in a green side bunker. Yeah, 170 yeah. yards from the from the from the green. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're true hazards, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, how was how was Kings Barn? Because I've heard phenomenal things about that joint. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously not the history of uh, Carnoustie or St Andrews, but the course itself was incredible. I mean it. Yeah, it's hard to rank which was the favorite and the second favorite and the third favorite over there. But I mean, Kings Barn. I don't think you'd ever get sick of playing that. Not not that you would St. Andrews or Curtis either. But I I put it right there, and it doesn't have any of the history that those courses have. I mean, it was incredible. And then you were a, you were probably over there when it like just first opened yeah, too. Yeah, I was gonna say I, it's only about it, twenty years old. Yeah, I think it was three or four years old when when I was there. Um, and it was there was hardly anybody out there. Even I, I don't know if it was time of year when it was or the day it was or right. yeah, it might have been maybe it was like a sunday and everyone i don't know but uh yeah incredible course incredible course i'd love to go back and play that again in st andrews and carnoustie where did you guys stay at i know you said a hotel did you stay in like uh st andrews proper or yeah we stayed there for uh i think three nights we played those i played those my dad, my brother doesn't even really play golf, so it's just a sin that he got to go and experience that when everyone else wants to go. <laughs> I think that might have been the last time my brother played golf. Um, and uh, so I think we played those six rounds in you know three days, and I played a couple of those by myself. And then we stayed, we went to Edinburgh and stayed there for a couple nights. Um, 
uh, yes, we didn't really move it up and down the coast or go anywhere else. We stayed pretty pretty close to Edinburgh within an hour or so. How's the How's the pub scene there? I was there? gonna say, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite oh. <laughs> non golf experience? I do have I do have a story for that. So we we got there it was a, you know later in the evening. I don't remember exactly what time, but um, my dad's wife from you know flying over there, driving and getting over there. Just goes up to the room and I'm not ready. You know, I'm a sophomore going into my junior year of college. I'm not ready. I'm in Scotland for the first time. I'm oh 19 years old. I'm ready to have a couple. <laughs> Unfortunately, my 16 year old brother has to tag along with me. And we go down to the the Jigger Inn, which is right off the 17th hole, the road hole in St Andrews. And I sit down. I said, "Is there a drinking age?" He goes, "Stand up." You know what? Just stand up. I stood up. He goes, "You're taller than the bar. You can have a drink." <laughs> And said the same thing to my 16 year old brother and uh we got uh guinness and i don't really you know canned guinness over here is way different than guinness over there right it just it tastes really good over there and i don't really like it here and so we have that and my dad tells the story he he's just laying in bed uh in the hotel room watching tv and all of a sudden something pops on the screen two pints the jigger in about 20 minutes later Two pints, the jigger in. Because I'm charging it to the room. I'm not paying for it. I'm a college kid. <laughs> two, 20 minutes later, two pints, jigger in. He's like, what the hell is going on down there? So he comes down. And he's like, what's going on? Finds my brother and I just sitting at the, at the bar, just having a couple of drinks. He joins us. So that was a cool memory. <laughs> That's awesome. That's Did you guys have any idea that that was going through? My brother told me, I didn't realize it was popping up on the TV screen. That's, that's technology. Back in 03, I didn't think we, we rolled yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, advanced. Uh, living in uh, 3003. <laughs> exactly. My brother uh, told me yesterday, actually, he goes, that was the, my first time I drank. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's a good story. That, the first time he drank was off the 17th hole of the old course. That's what he says, yeah. That's insane. It's <laughs> a pretty cool story. And he's pounding Guinness. Yeah. Oh my lord! Is the Guinness warm over there? I don't know. I, I don't remember it being. It's definitely not ice cold, but I don't remember it being warm. Right. Um, I don't know. What, it was. It just. It tastes so good. I don't Myth. know if it's because it was in the in, in Scotland or what. The mystique of it all, but it was. Uh, Dude, that has some great pines. That's for sure. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's bucket list stuff right there. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Oh, I, did, I, I did forget about one other shot. I know I'm jumping back, but on 18 on the on St Andrews, it goes right into town. I mean, the 18th green's right in town, and there's like a there's a little road just to the right of the fairway. Again, I'm playing my draw, and if you land it on the right side, it can run up on the green. You can almost drive the green. There happened to be a dumpster parked, like a garbage truck parked right by the landing spot. And if I missed this dumpster, I think I would have been you know 10 feet or something, but it landed in a dumpster off the 18th tee so you hit it uh, in a dumpster yeah i hit it in a dump truck and i'm telling you if it missed it it would have taken like two bounces i've been right up there i could have made eagle on that hole wait the dump truck was on the golf course it was parked there's a road right next right next to that hole is the road out of bounds yeah i think so but the that right of 18 yeah was the wind left to right because you hit that sling dog yeah, yeah, it just didn't come back out as much as I wanted. It's only about a 200-yard-wide 200, 200 fairway, and I just missed it. <laughs> First person to miss 18 fairway. I, I think so. 
I think so. there actually isn't a rough, to be honest. I was going to say, I think it just <laughs> extends into one fairway. I think they're yeah. both just... They're just it's a, it's it's a, a driving a, range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and 18 are just a fairway <laughs> driving range. And, it, and, and you a, found you managed to hit it into the back of a dump truck. I did. Wow. The le- a, he, the, at spe- least the guy could have like driven up by the green and you know dropped it off for you. Yeah, that's spe- what I'm saying. Special, special area right there for you between uh, 17 and... The jigger in and eighteen a, in a dump truck. A lot of action. <laughs> right there. Lots of action. <laughs> lot. Yeah. Of I'm surprised action. you don't have like a cobblestone named after you or something. <laughs> <laughs> Keith has the only one. Yeah. <laughs> there are no others. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Keith. Let's wind your portion down. Um, we usually go through a little, a little scramble action, but uh, what? What's your go-to on course beer? Uh, you know me, I, I like those domestic lawnmowers. So I mean, Coors Light's a pretty strong, pretty strong uh, golf course beer for me. And That's uh, a good one. And you had uh, your alumni golf outing had kegs of Bud Light on the golf course, which was kind of amazing. Yeah, that worked well for me. Every couple holes, there's just a keg and ice sitting right on the tee. That, that was not that was a good setup, that's for sure. Um, dream foursome. Ooh. Dream foursome. I would say Tom Watson. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I always loved Darren Clark. That'd be a cool one. That, all, that's a nice little addition. I'd love me a Darren Clark. Yeah, but I think I think Sebi would be a great one too. Ooh, like yeah, Sebi wow. would have some stories, and that'd be a fun guy to play with. I think that's a nice little that portion right little, there. That's probably one of our better answers. I ever. like that. Yeah. All right. I never thought about those angles. All right. Least favorite club in the bag. Freewood. No hesitation. <laughs> uh, favorite. Oh, I know the answer to this, but we'll ask anyway. Uh, favorite club in the bag. Putter. Besides the last month maybe yeah it's always been your putter <laughs> you can roll the rock except the last month um favorite shot to hit favorite shot uh i, I, I love that three quarter three quarter like pitching wedge like 115 mm-hmm. that's mine too i was he's just re- thinking that one yeah really good at that. it too just you put it i put it back in the stance a little bit just a nice three quarter that's my that's definitely the favorite shot yeah yeah, yeah i was good. i was literally thinking the exact i have the exact same kind of low yeah. 115 yard pitching wedge yep career low round uh 66 or five deep well, I think it was on par. It was par seventy. Doesn't so I, matter. I think it was sixty-six on a par seventy. Doesn't matter if they're not going to rate fifty-nines against par, then it doesn't matter what the par was. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> and then, song addition to our playlist. All right, I did cheat. I, I know the I know the format here, so I thought about this one. And <laughs> Charlie, your your brother turned me on to this when I played with him this summer. Was uh, Nathaniel Ratcliffe in the night sweats? Oh, nice. You you worry me. Yep, that's a good one. That's, yep, that's that's for your brother. All we'll, right, we'll throw that one on there. And there, he just came out with a new one too. That's he, a jam. I was gonna say he hasn't had a bad song come out since he's been. Making he's good. Music. He's Every, he's real good. Everything he puts out is great. All right, Keith, aka Sweat, aka K Dog. Really appreciate you coming on the show and and 
giving us those awesome across the pond stories. Well, thanks for having me, boys, and keep up the good work. All right, Keith. Talk to you later. Take it easy. We hope you enjoyed that interview with with Keith, my former college teammate. Um, At the very end, I said Sweat and K-Dog. Sweat uh, comes from the famous music artist Keith Sweat. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, I didn't think we needed to explain that. If you don't know who Keith Sweat is, please unsubscribe. And then K-Dog comes from the movie uh, Meet the Parents. Oh, I don't so, know. So <laughs> Stiller's one. character oh, that's right. yeah, yeah. meets, uh, I believe, Kevin. So it's not Keith, but it's Kevin. And there's that one one scene where they're at the barbecue and uh, Stiller gets asked by oh, who is it? Owen. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson goes, "You want you want a little salmon, a little swordfish?" <laughs> Stiller goes, "How about a little bit of both?" K dog. K dog. Kind of hungry, <laughs> and for whatever reason, like this is early two thousands. We're in college. For whatever reason, that stuck. That stuck. Like, like Keith is still K dog in my phone, but right. I'm sure a lot of people refer to him as Sweat as well. But um. Yeah, great stories. Man. All about history lessons here. I want to. I want to go. I want to go the Jigger, man. Yeah, check out the Jigger in. Yeah, that would be fun. Jigger is like a name of a old, an old type of golf club, yeah. or is it an old ball? No, Jigger is a club. It's a club. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking if, of uh, if the legend of Bagger Legend of Bagger Vance. That's what I was just. If thinking. the legend of Bagger Vance is historically accurate, which, which it I, is, I, I, is it? No, but. <laughs> I will believe in terms it. of the jigger, where it's definitely like, got a jigger. Yeah, in there. looked yeah. like a but like the modern day butter knife, and just you know, right. just blew it by Walter Hagen and oh, Bobby yeah. Jones. Well, that was like a uh, it was like the first stinger. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> right. yeah. It was hitting the jigger. Yeah, it was basically also like a putter. The stinger. <laughs> <laughs> right, Will Smith actually invented the jigger. For those who didn't know. Um. What was I saying? Well, we're going to talk about. some rapid fire thoughts on this year's open. Now that we've yeah. kind of concluded our history lesson, <laughs> live vicariously. out. <laughs> yeah, live vicariously Test through next week. Uh, Pop Mr. quiz Sweat, next week. Who had a chance to play Carnasty, and we know all there is to know about the history of the Jigger and the Jigger in. We're going to talk a little bit 2018 open. The what is it? The 147th? 47th installment? Yep, 147. And I guess the biggest news is it is baked out. It is brown. brown. Browner than brown. Yeah. I mean, it's the greens are softer than the fairways, is what everyone's saying. Yeah, like they, they're watering the greens, but I don't think they have irrigation in the fairways, and no. Mother Nature does its yeah. thing, and I guess... Scotland has had a very dry past couple months. Yeah, very dry summer. So uh, there's been some guys, you know, saying they hit irons that are going 350 yards, rolling out 100 yards. Guys driving it into the burn short of 18 green, <laughs> which, which is, is like, like 450. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, uh, I, we were. I think I mentioned in uh, our interview with Keith that Alex Noren took a video of him just bouncing balls. On the fairway, like he was bouncing it off a you know off a car path, off a concrete ba- off a concrete garage floor or something. It reminded me of I played in a turkey scramble uh, this past fall, and it had like it was yeah. thirty degrees, and we were on the putting green, bouncing and it them. froze. Yeah. And same thing, it was yeah, it was it was exactly like what it, it was like right. bouncing off a parking lot. It was bouncing like shoulder high. Yeah, 
So it's going to be an interesting uh, tournament. I think it kind of, you know, DJ is always going to have an advantage. But I, I was saying, I said to Keith, it may bring some of the older, like shorter hitters into the fold too. Because yeah, it'll be interesting. Because there's there's spots where your ball shouldn't, roll, you know, you can't roll it out that far. Yeah. So I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know who it gives advantage. And then they're also taught Carnusi, as we said before, is notorious for having extremely thick penal Rough, as Keith yeah. was saying, uh uh fescue. But it's since been, it's been so dry it's they thin had to and cut wispy. It back. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that does you know I guess if, that, if, the, if that puts a DJ up there. I, I think it's again as much as you want to say, uh, you know, I'm I'm a huge like Kevin Kisner fan. As right. much as you want to be like, oh, it brings Kisner right to the table. It's like, nah, DJ is always going to have the advantage, you know, right. unless he's just an idiot and driving it into Burns that it's he knows it's going to roll into. But yeah, I think the further you the further you get down there, and if the rough's not penalizing. He's going to have a wedge in his hand more than anybody else. So. Yeah, and he's really good with his wedges. I was yeah. also thinking, too, it's not, allegedly, it's not supposed to blow that much this week. I haven't even looked at the weather. So yeah. if that's it, I heard, I heard that today on Golf Channel, whether their weather and climatology guys are accurate or not. But I also thought, too, if they don't have to keep it low, it might not bring the short hitters in because they still have to hit longer clubs that are going to roll. Where right. The longer hitters could hit it higher, and it won't roll, it won't as, roll much. as much. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know you got your. There's there's definitely some favorites that everybody's everybody's liking this week. You got your DJ Ricky. It's getting a lot of love because he's he always you know, gets love. He does. I, I mean, people are just willing him to a major, but yeah. he but he plays well in in links too. He, he won had a, the 2014 Scottish, 15, 15 Scottish at Open the, at the same place they played it last week, and he had a really good showing there last week right. too. He you know he's a, he was right in the hunt until uh, Stone from South Africa, you know, almost shot 59 <laughs> and blew everybody away. But uh, I think Ricky ended up you know definitely top 10. So he's got a good. Uh, Link's attitude. He plays well and kind of sh- he can shape it both ways. Mm-hmm. Hit it a lot of different trajectories. Rose obviously is always a favorite anytime he tees it up. Which is cr- oh my! They keep giving this press, but hit, <laughs> he's like, don't look at my history. Like yeah. I'm a good Links player. His yeah. best finish ever was when he was amateur, an amateur. when he hold it on a Burke uh, Yeah. And he yeah. t- and he finished tied fourth. Yeah, and hasn't finished in the top ten since, which yeah. is bonkers. It's wild, but I mean, he's got you know the open too. Sometimes it'll get so bunched up at the top yeah. that like top fifteen is only like three shots out, yeah. and that's one bad hole in the open. You know, you yep. hit it, hit him one hazard or one you know kind of fescue chop out. You're gonna make a double. Yep. Ask uh, JT, what did he make last year? Burktail, he had like a ten or an yep. eleven. Yep. And he was still in it on yep. Sunday. Yep. So, um, um, who else? Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Reed. Yeah. Reed plays well mm-hmm. over in Europe. I mean, he's, Reed's actually a card carrying member of the European Tour. He's leading the he's race le- to Dubai right now. He's been now. leading it all year. Yeah. All year. I mean, the Masters helps in that, but he he shows up in European Tour events. Yeah. He hasn't won anything else, but he's had some good enough finishes. Yeah. To Norn's almost stay caught him, but the Molinari's he- close too now. Yep. Um, but yeah. Molinari. Molinari. Wow. Heater. He's yeah. gone win T2, win 
runner-up his last four events. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, Norin's about the same. Not as good, but he hasn't, I don't think he has two wins, but no, he's right. got a win and a couple top fives mm-hmm. the last few, his last few tournaments. Yep. Tyrrell Hatton mm-hmm. is another guy that you should watch. I don't know if he has the attitude He doesn't have the attitude, it. you're right. I think he falls into like that ROM category. Yeah. He I gets would, a little too a little hot, hot under color. What about uh, another guy I wrote down is that Finau. That's interesting. He's had some good. He's only this is only his third open, but he's. I think he was twenty uh, fifth and then like fifteenth. That's interesting. He's playing well. That's he's a dark well this year. That's a dark I, horse. I was gonna say if I had if I had I mean it's hard to call Norin and Molinari sleepers even though they're not getting great odds. Right. But if I had to pick one and Finau is not even really I mean he's like top thirty in the world. But, but I bet you he's still like fifty he's to one. Getting good odds. Yeah. yeah. I think he could. He could definitely. I mean, what he get at the That's U.S. Open? U.S. That's, Open, he was like fourth or whatever. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. All right, well, I was looking at. I was looking put at some money on Finau. I'll, uh, I'll throw. I'll throw a little, yeah. little cannonball money on him. Um, I was looking at Leishman pretty hard for my pool thing. Um, he's finished in a top six, three three out of the last four or four out of the last five. Yeah, something like that. Just notorious Aust- great win player. Australian. Yep. You know they. Playing in Melbourne, the sand belt's a lot, probably the closest thing in the world to playing right. Scottish Lynx. So he's got the attitude for it too. He's, absolutely, he's a bull, he's a bulldog. Oh yeah, he's yeah. a not a guy you think is a bulldog, but he's, well, he's a gen. He's like a he's he's not fiery. Right. But he's he's steely, you know. Right. He's tough. Right. Speaking of bulldogs, we got a dog. <laughs> that was on, on cue. cue. That was not a sound effect. <laughs> that was a bulldog in the street. That is uh, that is the streets of Chicago for yep. you all. We got the we got the windows open. Yep. So we talked about some of our favorites, some of our sleepers. Here's some more rapid fire. Let's let's talk uh, favorite open traditions. What's we talked to, we did we did this in the Masters we didn't do it as much with the U.S. Open because U.S. Open kind of sucks. But these are like the, the immediate thing that I, f- I love the Open. Yeah, it's um, so great. I actually, asked Keith. We're on the cou- on his couch last night in Detroit. Um, we had, <laughs> we're at, he invited me up for his alumni golf outing, high school alumni golf outing, and it got a little out of hand. We're, we were going to record something, but no chance. But we were talking on the couch last night. What um, what majors do you like watching the most? Yeah, and I actually had a hard time. It was easy. Like PGA was fourth. Right. U.S. Open now is third. I, we used to like the U.S. Open back in the day. Yeah, it's kind of hard between Masters and British. Right, but yeah. I, I think I like the British, and this is kind of my own tradition. Like it's. It's on at twelve thirty in the morning, <laughs> right? And it goes until three in the afternoon, Chicago time. And I just remember being a kid and like waking up, waking up super early. Yeah, yep. I think that's uh, one of my favorite traditions too. I, I've grown really into uh, Saturday mornings, even now, just watching random European tour events. Just right. I, there's something about watching golf and like having a cup of coffee uh-huh. and just sitting, you uh-huh. know, sitting there watching. So when it's a major and these guys and you have. Yeah. The, the best commentators, the best players, the best cameras. And it's not something that we see every week. Right, exactly. Know? It's not just some, you know, TPC course right. with hazards everywhere right. and, you know, green green gas and uh, white bunkers. Mm-hmm. It's these kind of foreign mar. It's like you're playing in a different planets. So right. 
I think that's one of my favorite. Another one I love is just, like I said, the commentators are just so great. much better. So much better. They're no, so much. I mean, they, we no. have some good commentators over here. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. like love Faraday, love, love, love Faldo, but Faldo's from over there. Yeah. I mean, you got, there's some great ones here, but the, the way the BBC guys talk, oh, the Sky Sports guys talk, so and not just their accent and their, you know, propriety. It's the way that they can go into like a Shakespeare quote or like, you know, talk about how like, a, you know, what's the Peter Alice is the, the yeah, great, classic. great one. And, uh, you know, he's has his uh, kind of ups and downs, but he, he'll like talk about, oh, Mr. Crow, what are you going to be doing this winter? I wonder or right, like right. he what my favorite one I wrote. And I don't remember when he said this. I, I saw it on an article. And he said, uh must have been when a rain started and he goes well the one good thing about rain in scotland is most of it becomes scotch <laughs> <laughs> you imagine like a, they don't they don't they don't they don't like america is just so like conservative yeah. when it comes to that I was gonna kind say, of shit they wouldn't they even don't, think about they don't it. shy away from that no, stuff no not at all they're always and i you know what i've realized too in watching a lot of european tour coverage is they they root for guys in in kind of a uh almost in like a diplomatic objective way they right. want them to do well but they're not like cheering for them against somebody right. they're just like oh come on rosie you can right. make this one right. like oh right. uh, like that was a butte tyrell like nice right. nicely done and like but then over here johnny miller's like this guy's got no goddamn yeah, chance like, no of making chance. this brandall chamblee's like he's an idiot <laughs> yeah you know? and the way that the way they kind of build people up is really cool and you know kind of have this humble way of you know praising them while also suggesting that that's what they should have done like right. of course you should you're gonna make that putt right. you know john daly right so that's, that's here they're like cool. what are the odds you give them on making this ah two out of ten yeah like, never <laughs> never 20 percent. he's got no chance of getting this up and down and it's always like and the production is just different it's like it's always quiet it's always it's quiet, quiet yeah. and we're like over here it's just like Golf's not the most exciting thing to watch. They on overproduce TV. it, yeah. Right. It's over. Yeah. There's yeah. always music going on. There's always like graphics. So, right. And, yeah. Right. There I wonder. Just, I was just, just thinking. Golf. Do they do they do Shot Tracer in the British Open? I can't even remember. I'm sure they do at this point. It's probably Maybe. too. Yeah. I don't know. Too ubiquitous. That's a not damn, too. That's a damn good question. Yeah, but I mean, we'll find out in yeah. a couple of days. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do just love kind of the stripped down presentation of the tournament that they do over there i don't know if they do they might do shot what they had what i did see in the scottish open last week was they the, will they would like the little like light from the club yeah <laughs> like like the heavens angel. light yeah, yeah. yeah. The heavens shining light. down on the green right like, a, like a beam just, from just to show you like where they're hitting it. yeah right because you can't tell on there's, scottish there's nothing, a lot of times yeah, nothing framing a hole like yeah. they're just hitting it wherever yeah speaking of the no framing another one i kind of like it's a uh, good open tradition is a little bit of the lawlessness in the galleries. I mean, I'd say some of the holes you have, you know, I don't, I don't know how many holes have grandstands. Some of them have traditional, obviously the 18th, right. but a lot of times it's just guys sitting on Hills, uh -huh. you know, around greens. And, right. uh, the really cool one is how on the 18th hole, when the final group comes up and especially if it's going to be the winner, right. they just let people like yeah. mob it yep. all the way up to yep. like the front of the green. Can you imagine if that was at Augusta? Right. If, I mean, they, they surround, you know, three sides of the green, but right. can you imagine if they let people come Walk up to up. the front of the green yep. too, yep. And they just turn it into this little amphitheater. Yep. So I, I kind of like the, 
the lawless nature, but also it's done in like a respectful British right. way because nobody's going to step out of line. Right. Yeah. They just, they know that's the tradition. We'll let you get this right. close, but be respectful and be quiet. Like uh, at St. Andrews, I know like St. Andrews is closed on Sundays. Right. And yeah. it's, it turns into a park, it's a park for the community. Yeah. So everyone's, you're out on the golf course. And you can bring your dog out there, have a pic. Like uh, again, imagine Having them a doing picnic in the 18th fairway. At right, St. like like Augusta used to be like a arboretum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Imagine like you know on Sundays they let people walk around <laughs> Augusta. Like right. no fucking chance. No, no. So it's just yeah. There's just there's just such like a cool community and like the way it's tied to every kind of right. little local town. You just. You know, as we said earlier, they the courses the courses established date is one thing, but every almost every single one of these courses, and they said it last week at the Scottish Open. You know, they've been playing golf on this land. It wasn't even in you know barely holes mapped out. Right. It was just, they played golf between point A and point B right. on this land. Kind of like when you're a kid, like yeah. slapping around your yard. I I remember I had a nine hole course around my sure, yeah. and it was on like a quarter like just your typical yeah like your typical American neighborhood yeah. yeah and i had a little nine hole course yeah, around, around my yard yep hit it to that tree hit it to that bush hit it over the house to the tree exactly. in the front and that's and, how that's how it started over there and that's like <laughs> a lot of ways how they keep most of the courses which is cool right so um the other thing like other i don't know if they're traditions but the yellow scoreboard yellow scoreboards i was thinking that too i didn't Why, know if that like, was just i don't know what it is but they're so cool i know yeah like, you they would are th- cool you would think like everything's really raw and yeah. just and then all, all of a like, sudden you yeah, have like yeah. yellow scoreboard and you think it would be like an eyesore but it's just it's the identity i wonder now. if it's uh you know I, I wonder if there was a practical reason to it you know in america a lot of times where they play pga tournaments it's you got blue skies in your background right. and so you have a white scoreboard right. i wonder if it was to blend it in a, pla- a practical thing of uh yeah it had to be yellow because when it was white against like a cloudy overcast sky you couldn't, couldn't see, see it, it as well yeah, yeah. so who knows Make if there's a practical a reason bit. behind that but as with a lot of uh, you know traditions that you don't remember where they started, it's just like too cool to ever change it. Now it's awesome. Yeah, they get it, and they used to give a championship belt like you were the. Oh world. really? Yeah, they used to give a belt for. I mean, they've always had the claret jug in some form, I think. But originally, there was also a belt that you would get if you were the huh. champion golfer of the year. That's which, crazy. I mean, what a great title! Champion golfer of the champion uh, golfer, golfer of, of the year. year. Perfect. That's amazing. That starter who just sits on the first yep. tee all day long. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, would you? I'm just gonna take like the PGA Championship, the Wanamaker out of it, and the U.S. Open out of it. Would you rather have a claret jug or a green jacket? I think a claret jug. I think so too. I think, so. I, think I would. Right. Yeah. And there's just something of, something about the history that's like unavoidable and also i think i don't think this is just recency re, you know current by recency bias or whatever no, that bias no, is. I, I, I honestly think i'd rather have a claret jug than a jacket i think so too i think uh yeah and i if i have to be like completely honest and not to get you know too political or deep about it but something about the democracy of golf over there like it literally being called the open you know anyone can win it it's right. played on these kind of quote unquote public courses right. you know where the game was invented 
I, I think, uh, you know, uh, like Lee Trevino never won a Masters and kind of always publicly said like he had a, had a little bit of an issue, you know, mentally with just the kind of stigma of the club and especially with his yeah exactly and, like and, he I'm, came and from i'm nothing. not that and i'm not trying to no uh, i i know i'm not trying saying. to take a stand for that but i think if i have to i mean they're both amazing and if i have to go with one that would just be kind of the cherry on top i think it'd be the open there's there's nothing to me there's nothing nothing controversial nothing better it's the like the most pure championship in the yeah. oldest sport right that's that's just kind of how i look at it i mean right. there's it's your your name is associated with the most prestigious line of champions that has ever existed i mean yeah you have you have us open champions and masters champions but british open right. champions or the open champions right are the guys who invented the game. Right. So that's just too cool to They fucking up. invented the game. They invented it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brings me back to like the Robin Williams skit. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I would agree with that. And it's, I mean, it's the coolest looking trophy. You get, And you can drink out of it. That's right. You can't drink out of a you jacket. You can drink out of the uh, <laughs> jacket pocket or the little like uh, silver clubhouse they give you. Yeah. Right, right. Can't drink out of that. No. Um. Yeah, I think that's it for tradition. Though the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I to go back to the beginning of traditions about waking up early and watching it and it'd be over. I was telling Keith when I was up in Detroit that I remember being a kid and it would always be over early afternoon. Right. And like you know, being a kid and having those like I would be motivated to I'm go like, play. I'm like I can yeah. like I can do what they do right. and then go out and play nine holes at night and shoot forty five and right. be like, God damn, damn. it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta keep working. Yeah, no, that was always kind of fun too. Yeah, being able to play like a full day like after at, watching the British yeah, Open. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh man. It's the best. It's pretty awesome. Uh what else we got over there? That's it. That's it. That's it. Done with the traditions. Um, What's your uh, if you we so neither of us have played in Scotland or overseas yet. If you oh, to, yeah. if you could pick one course, I mean, there's so many. There's literally hundreds and hundreds in a country like the size of. Right. I don't even know how big Scotland is. I don't think it's much bigger than like, you know, the north half of Illinois. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's know. pretty small. Know. Yeah. And there's hundreds of courses, yeah. some that aren't even, yeah. you know, registered. They're just kind of kept up by locals. Right. But of oh, the ones you know, what would be the one you'd want to play in either Scotland or Ireland? Well, yeah, or, you only, yeah, I, you have to play old course, I think. Yeah, I think you got to play it. Yeah. Got to play St. Andrews. Yeah. If I had two choices. There you go. I don't know what. <sighs> Besides St. Andrews, what's the one you want to play? Oh, man. Um,. Carnoustie's hard. I'm really interested to see what uh, Portrush is like next year. Yeah. Um, where are some other ones? St. George's, St. Anne's. St. George, St. Anne's, Litham. Or is that the same as St. Anne's? Recency bias is what the bias right, I was I'm thinking like of. I think, I mean, Car- it's Carnoustie because of this year. I don't know. Prestwick had the first one. They don't yeah. have them anymore, I don't think. I would say I heard Kingsbarn's sweet. Though. Kingsbarn is kind of like historic wise. I think I'd want to see how hard Carnoustie is. Yeah, like St. George's, Troon, Litha. Troon, you could play the postage stamp. That would be pretty cool. Ooh, it would be a toss up between Carnoustie and Troon. Troon I think. would be pretty fun. Yeah, Muirfield, pretty tough too. 
Muir, oh yeah, Muirfield. Oh, did you know what it is? There's just there's yeah. When Phil won at Muirfield, Henrik Stenson got second place. I didn't realize. Really? That. And then when Stenson. What are the score? Does show the scores or no? Uh, just as yeah, runner up. Hold on. Um. Uh, Phil won by three. Oh wow! And Henrik won by three too. I mean, in that duel he and Phil had. Jesus. That's pretty. I I didn't realize that Henrik was the second place when Phil won. <laughs> so payback two years or three years <laughs> later. But yeah, I the one I always think of too. It's not on the uh, open rota. I think it's in Ire. It, it definitely is in Ireland. Is uh, Royal County Down? Yep. You always hear about that one, and every picture I see of it just looks unbelievable. It's kind of set up against the mountains too. Right. Which I don't. I honestly don't even know what side of Ireland it's on. But like, it's one of those. Th- yeah. It's just, like there's all those other ones, but you know. Yeah. Like I mean, Carno- like Carnoustie has its thing. Sure. It, it's hard as shit, and. What was the other one you said? Troon. Troon has a poacher stamp, stamp, and you know that immediately. Yeah. Outside of that, it's like, I couldn't tell you... A whole at any of them, really. Right. Yeah, I couldn't tell you a whole at Kingsbarn. I couldn't tell you a whole at Royal County, Muirfield. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know half the holes at St. Andrews or all of them. But. Did Portrush, is, uh, is that where uh, Rory grew up playing? Rory grew. I think Rory grew, grew up at a club. I think called Hollywood. I don't yeah, know why I think that you're right. sticks out. No, in my head, that's right. But it's that's right. Of course, called Hollywood. That's right. Rory won at uh, Liverpool, which yeah. I don't really know anything about. But yeah. it's like yeah, Rory is born in Hollywood County, down in Northern Ireland. So he might gotcha. have been near. But it's going to like it's Portrush is in Northern Ireland, and I don't know if Northern Ireland is ever hosted. Maybe not. I'm not and sure. Open. Yeah, but not sure. Anyway, that's history for history for history, next week history for, for our recap episode. Getting way ahead of myself here. Yeah. <laughs> um. You like whiskey? I don't. So yeah, I'll I will not be drinking whiskey this week. I'll have I'll have a little. Uh, I don't really like scotch. I don't dislike scotch. Scotch, scotch, not, scotch. Yeah, I like scotch. I, I like I scotch. I would prefer a. Scotch, uh, scotch, scotch. For a bourbon or a rye, so I guess I'll have to drink a. I'm not a big Guinness fan either, but Guinness I do like. It. Out of uh, out of respect, I might have to crack one at four in the morning. That's <laughs> <laughs> what that's what old Tom would have wanted. I was looking at the tea, at the tea times and Chicago time. Um, Sorry, 12:30 a.m. 12:30 a.m. Chicago time, yeah. but I was I'm like, I'm not gonna wake up at 12:30. No, um, not I think Ricky, there's a. Ricky and there's a bunch of people around that on Thursday that tee off around 4 a.m. Okay. Chicago time, so I might set the alarm for that. 4 a.m., yeah. And then Tiger go and watch it, you know, as long as I can. And then Friday, Tiger goes off at 4.20 a.m. Chicago time. Classic. <laughs> Good old 4.20. <laughs> you know what I also like? I was just looking through the app. The The open radio is pretty good, too. Yep. Listen, sometimes I've watched... I've watched, uh, you know, the, the broadcast and had the radio kind of going at a low volume yep. inside too, because they do, they do good commentary there. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, that, uh, yeah. I guess just a shot. Like my favorite, I don't know, not favorite tradition, but like it's fifteen straight hours. Yeah, I've got like yeah. all the other ones. You're switching, you know, you're yeah, going for, platform. Yeah, yeah. I, I do all that, and it's you know two hours here and five hours here, and yeah. there's extra stuff here. It's just it's been like that forever. It's just 
it's the one major where it's just so much golf to watch and it's awesome oh, well it's also light for scotland right now in the middle of summer it's light for like 18 hours <laughs> yeah. of the day they have like six hours of darkness i think <laughs> i mean they're playing until you know eight or nine o'clock exactly. on the first couple of rounds yeah that's crazy yeah oh but, man That'll do it, I think. I don't know any good Scottish music, do you? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I have a, a slightly, uh, uh, this won't be, a, I'll, I'll think of a playlist one in a second, but I will recommend to anyone out there who has Netflix, which is like everyone in the world, check out, there's a series on Netflix produced by the Open Championship called, I think called Champion Golfer of the Year, and it's a six-part series 30 minute episodes really it's awesome dude i just watched on all netflix of them on netflix champion golfer of the year uh it's about you know uh, i, I want to say here's the let me think of the six guys uh tiger woods watson nicholas norman ernie ells and darren clark so there's a 30 minute episode with each of them talking about their you know, either one or, you know, two or three or four open wins and kind of their experience at playing Lynx golf. Huh. It's amazing. It's incredible. Oh, really interesting, well-produced, kind of no-frills golf documentary series. You're going to have to binge that tomorrow before the first round. There you go. There you go. Watch them all. I mean, yeah, you can crush them in like two hours. There you go. Um, I did... Uh... I did Google uh, earlier today. I didn't get to go through it. Um, I Googled famous Scottish bands. Okay. Uh, some random website had like top 20. Uh, one of the top ones is the Bay, City, the Bay City Rollers. Bye Bye Baby. I have no idea what this is going to be. Play it. It's a, it's a YouTube. Waiting. Major choice. You can't go back now. A little bit. Just gotta tell her anyway. Oh, this is an awesome song, actually. This is in, uh, I know this song. It's in Love, actually. It sounds like the Beach Boys. Yeah, it does. But... There you go. There you go. Bay, Bay City Rollers. Bay City Rollers. Look <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm looking. I just typed in Scotland on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that like reference? I mean, U2 is the obvious no, famous dude. Irish band, I'm, but I'm going straight tradition here. Here we go. It's called Scotland the Brave. Bad pipes. What else can we say? It's open week. Yeah. Should we uh, go out our best Scott? It's the best Scottish accent. We're going out like this, old boy. That as long as good. you keep tuning in, we'll keep teeing it up. Cannonball. Cannonball. Four, please. <laughs> good night.